The Bible Study Podcast, episode 231. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Samuel with chapter 7. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. The interesting thing about the study of the book of Samuel is that most of Samuel's life is contained in a single chapter, and that's chapter 7. So Samuel was a young man, a boy, and then he becomes the prophet, and Eli's sons die. And then his whole middle life, until he's of old age, here is a is here in chapter 7, and then chapter 8, he's already an old man. So even though this book is named after him, it's dealing with a very small percentage of Samuel's life. But here is chapter 7. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the ark of the Lord. They brought it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eliar his son to guard the ark of the Lord. The ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim a long time, twenty years in all. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Ashtoreths and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below beth Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns of from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel, and Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel continued as Israel's leader all the days of his life. From year to year, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was, and there he held court for Israel, and he built an altar there to the Lord. And Ebenezer, the name that was mentioned there, means stone of help. So we get Samuel's good years, in some sense. We get the years that Samuel is acting as a judge. And this could come right out of the book of Judges. So God raises up a judge. The judge turns people's eyes back to God. God is faithful to his people, protects them, and things go well. 
and they go well for all the years of the judge's life. And then typically what happened in the book of Judges is the judge would die and things would go back to the way they were. And that's where there's going to be this little twist here at the end of Samuel because we're only in chapter 7. But basically, before we get to chapter 8, and I think we'll do chapter 8 today also, but before we get there, we see that while Samuel's in charge, that God is with him, and they defeat the Philistines. They take back the cities that have been taken. They're at peace with the Amorites. Everything is going well as long as they remember God through his prophet, Samuel, and who acts as a judge. But what happens that is different, that takes Israel in a whole different direction from the book of Judges and Samuel, who's sort of that last judge, is what happens in chapter 8. Israel asks for a king. Chapter 8. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king, as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king. He said, This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some of them he will assign to the commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourself will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations, with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it to the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel said to the Israelites, everyone go back to your own town. And so the people want to be just like everybody else. And so they're going to get their king, and they're going to get their king even though it may not be in their best interest. Because of all the kings going forward here, very few of them will be good kings. Very few of them will remember God. Basically, of all the kings in Judah and Israel, five will be faithful to God. And that's in the next 500 years or so. And so they're they're sowing at this point trouble and they will reap that later on. And what Samuel tells them is they're going to be giving up some of their precious freedom if they get a king. 
You don't get a king and expect them not to act in a certain way. And this is the way kings act. Kings take from you in exchange for becoming king, exchange for leading you into battle, in exchange for protection. They take a tenth of your goods. They take your young men and your young women. They take your fields. And so they're warned that this is what it means to have a king. But they keep saying, no, 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 we want to be like everyone else. Everyone else has a king. We want one too. Now, it's ironic that here Samuel is old. And so we only get one, that chapter of seven here where Samuel is not an old man. And when we get to chapter seven, his sons are doing the same things that the sons of Eli did when Eli's house is cut off. And so we've kind of gone back to that full circle. These two who grew up when times were good haven't needed to rely on God. And so they corrupt the positions that they have just as Eli's sons did. And so the people say, let's try something new. And so they'll get a king. So much of the rest of the book of Samuel is not about Samuel. It's going to be about especially the next king that we're going to have, the first king of Israel, who is a man named Saul. But that we will see next time. And next time will not be next week. As I'm heading off on a trip to China, we will miss at least one week of the study. If you have any questions on this episode, send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.